Hi everyone, this is Fuan and welcome to Phonology, a podcast on authentic English conversations. In this podcast, I'll be having interviews with local people and you'll get to know their opinions on a number of issues. I will then highlight some common expressions and phrases they used in these conversations. And hopefully you will find it helpful in your English learning journey. I will then try to explain these in Cantonese. So let's get started. Episode 3, Emily Hayworth Booth, an illustrator. I'm now in London, um, a place quite close to Kingston. Oh, okay. Oh, that's nice. And you've got a garden. Yeah, it's, it's been three months um, here and I'm feeling quite okay. Really enjoying London life. <laughs> so what are you doing here? Um, it sounds, it sounds, I don't know how to put it. Um, I'm an English teacher at a local college now. Oh, I can't wow. believe that. Yeah, because I'm like, why would they hire, why would they hire a Hong Kong girl doing that? But yeah, I think I'm just being lucky. Well, I guess it makes sense that as a non-native speaker that you know about learning English and I couldn't teach English because I haven't had to learn English (laughs) it would be I mean I could teach it probably but do you know what I mean I don't understand anything about I don't know anything about learning English but you know a lot about it (laughs) yeah in a way because I'm from scratch like from other parts then just so it's really interesting. But anyway, so I'm so glad you said yes to come to my podcast, Phonology. Why would you say yes to, to come to this? Because you mentioned this is a lovely project. I'm, I'm wondering which bit you find interesting and you, you would love to join. Uh, well, I, I love your work. Um, I think you're a really talented writer and illustrator. So <laughs> I wanted to support you and connect with you um, and um, I think it's an interesting project to do something like this to support people learning English through conver- through listening to conversations with different people that sounds like an original interesting idea and it's great for me to meet people from different cultures and different parts of the world and to connect with those people through different sorts of um, media and I think that's much more interesting than just only speaking to people who are in your own country what's the point of that <laughs> so thank exactly. you for asking me anyway yeah but really thank you it's my honor that you are here so I've got uh, several questions up my sleeves <laughs> um so Emily I know you also used to be an English major I was an English major as well so why would you choose to be an illustrator later um how did you embark on this illustrating journey well, I always loved drawing. Like most children, I loved drawing from a young age. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I was in secondary school, so when I was about 14, my art teacher there said that I was very slow at drawing and that I should not do any more art classes for GCSE, which is when it becomes formalized learning, because I would not keep up with the class. So I was quite upset, but I really loved reading and oh. English. So I decided that I would focus on literature and languages instead. And that's what I did for my degree. And then afterwards, I I, I decided that I would now come back to it 
in my own way. So I, I was now an adult, I was more confident um, and I realized that I could find my own path. So then I started to take lots and lots of drawing classes. And I think also as a literature major, it's very academic and reading becomes very yeah. serious. So adding pictures to my stories, I was writing a lot of poems and stories, but they were quite pretentious sometimes <laughs> and adding silly oh. drawings helped make them more oh. light and help me take myself less seriously. So it was fun to start putting drawings in and, and then learning how to get better at that part of it over time took a long time yeah and in a way it's really interconnected interconnected in some way I mean if you look at some children's literature most of them are coming together just with illustrations on the side and that will be really useful for especially children to make sense of the story yes and I think for maybe sometimes for the writer too it helps us to make sense of what we're writing about too or it's another language. So writing is one language, drawing is another language, and, and you have many tools. You have more than one way of expressing yourself. So it's easier to say what you need to say. Some things you can say in words more easily. Some things you can say in pictures more easily. So it's it's really great to have that breadth of expression. I see. And Emily, I know your book, um, this award-winning The King Who Bent the Dark, it's, it's already been translated into the different languages, including Chinese. So we're able to get um, a book of yours in Chinese um, at the local library. So yeah, I've read that. I've read both Chinese and English version. So I'm wondering, um, with so many different translations, you encounter any issues with you know, culture difference, for example, have you been asked to change anything, any of the content, just because of a, a bit of cultural difference? One interesting thing with the American translation is the fact that there is an American translation. So even though it's the same language, actually yeah. a few things had to be changed because Americans use English differently from how people in the UK use English. Let me guess. Um, sweet and candy yes I think that was one <laughs> I think oh, that was one and also the the word king in English has a capital K and in America has yeah. a small, small K uh, so oh. I guess because we have a monarchy here and they don't there um, so that's that really was interesting yeah. yeah and the other uh, one Did other thing oh yeah sorry go ahead Sorry, I mean, you wouldn't really think you have to translate an English version for American people. Yes, really interesting. <laughs> um, and the other thing that happened was more to do with the pictures. This was for a different book of mine called Protest, which is a nonfiction book. Mm -hmm. And there's um, it's a history of protest from ancient Egypt all the way to the present day. And there's a, a page about Stonewall and the history of gay rights. Um, and there's a an image of two men kissing. I see. And for the Korean, uh, South Korean edition of that book, we were asked to take the picture out. Um, mm. But we talked with the publishers and in the end they agreed to keep it in. Um, oh, but I think they, they got worried at the last minute that it would be badly received um, mm. 
in Korean culture. But in the end, I think it was all okay. Um, but it, it was interesting coming across and having to think about we thought maybe we should take it out because what if no one reads the book or the book is banned, then we won't get any of the information out there. But if we take it out, we're going against something that we really believe in, which is promoting gay rights and equality and, and justice for all. So in the end, we decided we really need to to try to keep this in. Um, so we're very happy about that. But that's the only time I think that um, something like that has come up. I see. Well, really interesting stories. I mean, yeah, especially if there's something, I mean, especially for um, conservative regions, perhaps they might not be ready to take in um, novel ideas. So sometimes, yeah, I, I mean, things like this would happen, definitely. And uh, just one interesting thing, is there a particular translation you like? I mean, perhaps language-wise, just looking at the foreign language, you, you really love them or, you know, like this? I, I suppose I don't really speak any language, other languages apart from French and the book has, none of my books have been translated into French. <laughs> um, and I speak a tiny bit of German. I don't think any of our books are in German. So um, all of the translations are in languages that I can't read. So they just look pretty to me. And I love the way they look. Um, the, I think it's the Japanese edition of Protest. They've done something really cool with the cover. They've they've changed the color of part of it. And it, it looks really great. And I also um, have my book, The Last Tree, translated into several languages and I think the one that means the most to me personally is the Farsi edition for Iran because um, I have met so many amazing Iranian people in my life who've been very important to me and um, oh. that means a lot to me that my book is is available in Iran and also thinking now about what's happening there with the protests and and that is another book of mine that's also about rebellion and people power. It, it feels special to me to be able to connect in that way. Yeah, that's really meaningful, isn't it? To yeah. be able to have your book and then translate it into a language where um, most of your friends can really read and relate to. Yes. Yeah, and one interesting thing I noticed is that even uh, for kids as young as five, they can tell um, the last tree is drawn by the same artist as the one you know who who produced the king who banned the dog so i guess it's the kind i mean it's the thing about number one color palette and number two about your drawing style how do you actually find your own illustration style i, I know a lot of artists are struggling with that Yes, it's one of the big things that students come to classes with. I teach a lot of illustration classes and one of the number one things people say is I want to find my style and um, that's really difficult to do. And I think sometimes the word style is um, a bit of a, a difficult word because it, it feels like a jacket that you take off a shelf and put on and it doesn't really belong to you. And you and you then have mm. to keep wearing it for your whole life. But actually, oh. I think if you're looking at someone else's work, you can see, oh, this, I can see their style. But for yourself, thinking of it more as a visual language or handwriting can be a bit easier because in a way you can't change your handwriting. Maybe you can change it a bit, but if ultimately mm -hmm. you're always going to write 
the same way. And when you're stressed or you're busy, you'll revert to just doing it in a certain way. When you're concentrating, you've got lots of time, you can change your handwriting. And I think drawing is similar. So I find, I mean, it's been amazing to uh, do an MA in illustration. And that really helped me because I spent a lot of time drawing from life, drawing out and about, experimenting with different materials and tools and color palettes. But eventually I had a great tutor and he said, just do what's easiest for you and do what comes naturally. It doesn't, it's not supposed to be hard and it's not supposed to be a struggle. And I love that. And in the end, you know, when I'm on deadline, I do, there is a way I draw. That's just the way I draw. And it's not necessarily the way that I want to draw. If I could choose any style, but it's kind of me. Um, So maybe, you know, there are things I'd like to try in, in my next books and maybe try with more colors or different palettes but yeah I find color quite difficult so that's one reason I use limited palettes of just one or two colors so it's not really well yeah it's not me being clever though it's me being desperate um to find (laughs) something that I can make work so um but thank you 咁喺呢一集呢,我就好高興請到一個英國嘅插畫家,佢叫做Emily Hayworth Booth,咁佢最為人所熟悉嘅一本書呢,就叫做The King Who Banned the Dark,咁中文呢? 就是禁止黑暗的國王,而且公共圖書館我都借過。今次邀請到他很開心,一開頭他知道我來了倫敦,就問我,你在這裡做什麼的?我現在在這裡教英文,他就說,啊,也挺好,你就真的懂英文,我
Um, one interesting thing is the fact that there is an American translation. 即系佢自己都觉得好搞笑啦，即系英文嚟嘅，但系居然去到美国咧系要出版一本诶、um, 有少少唔同嘅版本咁。咁佢就话啦 ，Even though it's the same language, a few things have to be changed. 咁佢就话咧，虽然系都系英文，不过都有啲嘢系要改过。咁我就即刻讲啦，啊，我记得本书入边有一个字系提到。糖咁样，咁糖咧喺英文就系 sweet， 但系咧喺美式嘅英文咧，通常都系叫 candy 嘅。咁然后阿 Emily 就话系啦，呢、这个系其中一个会改嘅嘢啦。但系仲有另一个嘅改动咧，都几特别嘅、哦。佢话原来就系嗰个标题啦 ，The King。佢话原来喺佢自己出嗰本书咧，嗰、那个 King 系大街 K 嘅，但系去到美国版咧。原来美国嗰个 version 就要改造一个世界嘅 K， 咁佢就讲咗个解释啦。I think because we have a monarchy here and they don't there， 即系话我谂因为呢一度咧，我哋系真系有皇室嘅，有一个 monarchy， 咁但系嗰一度咧就冇嘅，咁所以我哋即系呢一度嘅 king 就要大街啦。咁呢样嘢系好特别，亦都我自己冇谂过，咁所以我觉得有时睇唔同嘅译本咧。都可以知多啲唔同嘅文化嘅。咁跟住落嚟咧，我又問到啦，即係其實佢嘅書咧都好有 style 嘅。咁佢出咗而家有兩本故事書啦，一本叫做《The King Who Bent the Dark》，另一本叫做《The Last Tree》。咁我覺得兩本咧，你一睇啦，一比較咧，都係會即刻知道佢個 style 嘅。咁另外咧，同埋咧，佢運用色嗰方面咧，亦都係好統一嘅喎、哦。咁所以我就問啦，你有冇一啲特別嘅 drawing style 啊？咁樣咁佢就話咧，其實佢教過好多唔同嘅班 ，drawing style 咧都係一樣好多同學會問嘅嘢嚟嘅。咁不過咧，佢就話其實都唔需要咁誒、呃、覺得咁困難嘅，因為咧其實 drawing is similar to your handwriting。咁即係话呢，同你寫字，即係你嘅字迹啊，係应该都係咁上下嘅。你嘅字迹唔会点变㗎嘛，咁所以你嘅画呢，应该都係咁嘅。咁佢亦都提到佢以前读 art 嘅时候，有一个 tutor 同佢讲啦 ，just do what's easiest for you is not supposed to be hard or a struggle。咁意思呢，就即係话应该好似你寫字咁样。即系总之，你最 natural 嘅时候点样写，你最 natural 咁样点样画，嗰、那个就应该就系你嘅 style 啦。咁佢话听完呢句之后，佢都好有启发啦，觉得唔应该即系顾虑太多啊。总之落笔系点就点。咁呢个就系佢自己所谓嘅 style 啦。咁呢一集就嚟到呢度啦。其实我哋仲倾咗。一段時間嘅，咁所以一集咧都 cover 唔曬，咁下一集咧我哋再聽埋下半部分啦。今集嚟到呢度先，拜拜。